The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the fourth chapter. Now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea by the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea, across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region in shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went through Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. The Gospel of the Lord. Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, in just a few days from now, 24 of us from church will be heading up to Devil's Lake, North Dakota for our sixth annual SPD Outdoors Winter Fishing Retreat. It will be a time that is filled with fun, faith, fellowship, and of course, Fishing. So perhaps it is only fitting that on the weekend before we leave, we have a text that talks a little bit about fishing. Today we encounter Jesus. He is on the Sea of Galilee, and there he comes upon two fishermen right at the beginning, Simon, Peter, and Andrew, and calls them to leave everything behind and follow him. Now, truth be told, Simon, Peter, and Andrew were less than ideal candidates for the work at hand. They were not students of Scripture that were seeking a rabbi, seeking a teacher. They were less than. They were fishermen who depended on the sea for their livelihood. They depended on the sea to give them life, and yet... Jesus still calls them. And what Jesus teaches them, of course, is not a class or course of study, but rather a way of life. He teaches them how to live. And this transforms everything. And so they leave everything behind, and they follow Jesus, not expecting anything in return. And they had a very specific task at hand, a very specific assignment, and that was to fish for people. Now years later, all of us gathered here in this place, we too are called to do the same thing. We too are called to share the gospel message, the good news 
of Jesus Christ, we too are called to fish for people. But what does this metaphor actually look like, particularly given our own context of living in the land of 10,000 lakes? If we look at it through our own lens, we know that at its very root, at its most basic level, as we understand fishing, it involves deception. It involves manipulation. It requires tackle that looks like and acts like something that it's not. It requires bait. A nightcrawler, a shiner, a fathead, the perfectly tied fly on the end of one's tippet. And so, those of us who fish always bring with us then our bag or box of tricks. Those things that behave and appear like something that is irresistible to the fish in the water. And so we lure in the unsuspecting fish, and when they take the bait, we set the hook. And we certainly hope that it will be a beautiful fish, much like I certainly hope one of those fish will be a gorgeous walleye or a jumbo perch days from now. But it is often these images that come to mind when we hear this story, when we hear the language of fishing for people. But in all honesty, I can't imagine any of us here in this place would be okay with feeling manipulated with feeling deceived, with feeling trapped or lured in by something pretending to be something that it's not. But that is where our understanding of fishing changes. Our understanding of fishing through our own context changes because The fishermen on the Sea of Galilee did not use a rod and reel or a Hillsbrother coffee can full of worms. Rather, they used nets. And so when I hear this story, it reminds me of an experience I had years ago when I was studying in Norway. One of my classmates invited me to his cabin for the weekend along with several other classmates and he knew that I enjoyed fishing. So he said, come along, I'll take you fishing. I couldn't wait. We got there that evening and when we arrived, we went down to the sea and we got in the boat. Now in the boat, there was no rod, reel, tackle. There were none of the typical instruments that I'm accustomed to using. And he said, let's go. And we rowed out, not too far, but rowed out into the sea. And then he reached down by his feet. He stood up in the boat and he tossed a net out into the water. And he looked at me and he said, okay, we're done. (laughs) And we rowed back in and that was it. We woke up the next morning, went back out to the net And there we pulled in lots of things, including jellyfish, but we pulled in some really nice fish, and for breakfast that morning, we had fresh fish, and it was fantastic. 
But here's the thing. It was one of the most uneventful fishing trips I have ever been on. <laughs> because I did absolutely nothing. No rods, no reel, no bait, just a net. And the fish were just caught. They were not manipulated. They were not deceived. They were just caught. Now when we think of the idea of being caught, more often than not we associate that as a negative thing. Think about it, we don't like being caught by the police when we are traveling too fast. And there is nothing worse than getting caught by your parents when you're doing something wrong. And so we often associate the idea of being caught with doing something wrong. And because of that then comes with it consequences for our choices. But this is where we must shift our understanding of what it means to be caught from the negative and the punitive to the positive and the transformative. After all, years ago, there was a time when you did absolutely nothing, and yet you were still caught. You were caught by God in the waters of baptism, when God claimed you as God's beloved and sealed you with the Holy Spirit and marked you with the cross of Christ forever. And so having been caught in God's love, in God's grace, in God's mercy, we too then are called to share the good news of Jesus Christ that others may be caught in that same net. That same net of love, of compassion, of grace and forgiveness. That is the type of fishing that we are to do. Jesus said to Simon Peter and Andrew, follow me and I will make you fish for people. I will teach you how to fish for people. And Christ teaches you many things. Christ teaches us how to fish. He teaches us how to fish by our learning how to love, by our learning how to forgive, by our learning how to pray, by our learning how to live, and our learning how to follow. Christ teaches you grace. Christ teaches you compassion. Christ teaches you to care for the least of these. Christ teaches you love. And Christ teaches each and every one of us how to live in healthy, life-giving community with no deception, no manipulation, no pretending to be something we are not. Just a, just a transformational way of life. A faithful an authentic way of living. So my prayer for you this day, that wherever you find yourselves, that you remember 
that you have been caught by God, that you have been caught up in the net of God's love, and in turn, you will cast your net of love and compassion and forgiveness out into a world that is in desperate need of receiving it. Let it be so. Amen.